Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. On today's episode, we are joined by the amazing Vanessa Hicks of Vanessa Hicks Photography. She is a destination wedding and portrait photographer who currently lives in paradise in Hawaii. She's been in business for over five years, photographing over a hundred weddings, which is insane to me as somebody who shoots weddings. I'm like, that's a lot of weddings, okay? She is prepping her business for its fourth move, living that military life. She's a mother, a military wife, a Navy vet, Starbucks lover, runner, Disney, Harry Potter, and the office fanatic. So I'm really excited to have Vanessa on because today we're going to do something a little bit different. We did this on one of my previous episodes just by myself, and I'm really excited to have a really special guest on to do an ask me anything question and answer session. So we prompted our followers on social media to ask anything of Vanessa, and they answered with so many amazing questions. It was so hard to narrow it down to just two or three. But today we're going to go ahead and kick off. First, I'm going to let Vanessa kind of tell you guys a little bit about herself, and then we're going to dive in with some really great questions asked by people who are following along on social. If you guys find yourself with any questions, please always feel free to head to so here's the thing podcast.com and you can submit questions there for me or for any of my future guests. So without further ado, Vanessa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I mean, I feel like that intro was just so me, so I don't really know what else to say about it. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I I love Laylee so much and I'm so proud and honored to be here on this podcast. There's really not much more to say about me that I love The Office, that I love Harry Potter and Disney. No, but uh, I have been a wedding photographer for five years now, doing it as a military spouse, which means I'm constantly moving my business. So there's those obstacles that kind of come with that. But, you know, I'm here in Hawaii and I am currently loving life, even though I'm hardly ever here, it seems like. But um, I'm truly built a business about documenting my client's legacy, showing them that tomorrow is not promised to anyone and um, creating new chapters for them. So I love what I do. I love being here today and I can't wait to talk with you guys. Well, we're so excited to have you on. So first off, I will just dive in with some of these questions. And it's funny because I know that you asked them and I asked them on multiple social media channels and we got so much overlap. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you, I love this question because I know that you speak on mental health and your journey with that, but we got a lot of people asking, how do you crush it in business? and manage anxiety and self-doubt. And I really am excited to hear your perspective on this from the perspective of a business owner and as somebody who has openly struggled with mental health and your journey in that. So yeah, go ahead and dive in. Tell us all your best tips for managing that anxiety and self-doubt while killing it. Oh, well, I do speak on this topic and I love that I get to share my journey with other creative entrepreneurs because I feel like this is something that we kind of dabble in in our industry right now but you know it's not just fully being discussed and i find so many times that when people are not crushing it in business whatever they're they're crushing it means to them 
there is something when you start peeling the layers back, it has nothing to do with marketing or their website or their area that they live in. It has to do with their mental health. I always use the analogy that if you are building a house on a rocky foundation that has cracks and such in it, you can get up there. You can actually build the house, but it will never be secure. It will eventually crumble. And so making sure that your foundation to your house is set with no cracks in it, that's the only way that you can build up. And so for me, it has taken five years to really understand how to manage both my anxiety and the stresses that come with being a business owner. And I'm not a pro at it. I think that, again, the, that whole saying that we've all heard so many times, that comparison is a theft of joy, is so very true. While I openly share my journey with mental health on social media and in my brand, obviously I don't share everything. I am not going to post when I just had a panic attack because I'm stressed out, you know, but that does happen. And so I think one of the best advice that I can give to people, I don't ever like to say that work-life balance, because sometimes I don't think that can even exist at times. It does, but work-life balance is very different for other people. It is about making sure that you create time for yourself. So many times when I find myself to be at the most anxious worrying about self-doubt and all that is because I have blurred the lines between Vanessa the photographer and Vanessa as a human being, who is a mother, a wife, a runner, a Disney love, everything that you guys heard, those lines tend to blur. And that I find is when I'm at my most anxious. And so being able to take a step back, we all have these unrealistic expectations that if we take a day off, an hour off, meditate, whatever, that our business is going to crumble. And that's not true. It takes a lot of discipline in order to understand that and believe that and actually do that. And so I really, really find that being able to spend time with yourself and working on your mental health, that's a therapist that's taking a walk around the block, that's getting vitamin D, you know, that's taking a day off, an actual day off. And Laylee, I love that we're talking about this because you actually posted recently about a day off that you took. And I love that you shared that with your followers because even in our journeys and, and you understand it a lot, we travel a lot, we do all this and it looks fun and it is fun. We do have fun, but it's work. We are working. We are networking. We're doing all of these things. So to actually take that day off, I'm sure it just really fixed everything, not everything, but it made you feel better on the inside, ready to crush another day. So I guess like that, that's a very long question. How do I crush it? I, I spend time with myself. I don't just do my business. And that's really hard to manage at times. But I just urge every listener to make sure that they have a definite line between you as a business owner and you as a human being. I think that was so beautifully put. And I, I did. I, it's funny that you bring that up because I did just recently shared that I was kind of struggling with taking intentional time off. And I work really hard to achieve, like you said, that kind of mythical work-life balance situation. And, you know, I schedule days off so well, like I schedule them very well. Now taking them is a whole nother situation. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because actually committing to taking that time off, spending time with yourself is so important. And we all battle 
that entrepreneurial guilt. And it really, really hits me hard. I'm glad that you brought that up. And I'm glad that you brought up the fact that we do, especially you as a destination um, photographer, you as a speaker, same with me, attending conferences, we're both kind of always seeking out education, which I love about. I love that we have that in common because I think you know, pursuing education as an entrepreneur should never stop. I don't care how, and we've talked about this at length. I don't care how much experience you have under your belt. You always have room to grow. And so we do travel a lot and we have a lot of fun, but that's, it's all very wearing and it does really feed into anxiety and into self-doubt. I talked about this last week. We talked about how even when you surround yourself with people who you love, you're still kind of like battling that comparison, that self-doubt, looking at like, oh, well, she's doing this and it looks really good. Like, I want to do that too. And so being able to spend time by yourself is really important. How do you, do you feel like, I'm not a parent, so I feel like it must be exponentially more difficult as a parent. Do you have any advice for, I know I have a lot of, we have a lot of peers that are kind of growing their families and your kids are both in school and they're so cute and they're growing so fast. And so like, what advice would you give to those who are maybe just starting that entrepreneur meets young mom of young kids? Like, how did you find time for that when you were starting in your business? So I feel like my kids, like they're so much older now, you know, because I've been doing this for five years and I have, you know, the most amazing daughters who understand and, and, and all of that. The first thing that I'm always going to say to any parent out there who is trying to live their dream, no matter what that dream is, is that you have to give yourself some grace. That, I mean, that, that's, that can be a whole nother topic on giving yourself grace as a parent, but the grace part. I tell, I have friends who have younger kids than I do who want to travel and do all of this. And I'm like, look, my kids are old enough to make their own dinners. <laughs> like there is a blessing <laughs> in that, okay? Where mine aren't toddlers. And so there has to be, again, that balance. I can tell you guys a story of several years ago, we had just moved to California. Business was, I was crushing it. Bank account was good and all that. And my daughter, my youngest came up to me one Saturday and said, mom, do you know that I own, you only made one soccer game this season? Now, mind you, I'm an entrepreneur. The whole goal of my life was to create my own hours and I'm going to be able to do this and that. And I was able to afford to put my daughter into soccer, but I only attended one soccer game. And then at the same time, my husband was letting me know where I was failing as a wife. And so it was at that moment where, again, I had to take that step back and understand that there were some things at that moment that I could not pursue because I was a mother first. And so even now, the minute that I get my daughter's um, fall schedules with their tennis and, and soccer and volleyball, my Saturday mornings are off limits. Now, am I saying that I don't ever miss another game? Absolutely, I do because things have been scheduled you know, before I got their things. But the minute I get it, Saturday mornings are off limits. Why? Because my daughters are 12 and 11. I have a limited amount of time left with them. And so I urge any parent that is out there that might find themselves struggling with that guilt, that they have to create boundaries. Again, they are not, they are a parent and a business owner. And so 
finding out what your non-negotiables are. I have very strict non-negotiables. My daughter's birthdays, I will not work. Holidays, I will not work. Leading up to the holidays, I will not work. And Saturday mornings, because that's typically when their games are, I'm not working either. Now, will I leave their games early to head to a wedding or something? Yes, but I've seen the difference in my children that they don't mind that I left the game early because I showed up. And so it's grace, you guys. And then again, we're going to look at, you cannot compare one chapter to someone else's chapter. If you got toddlers and you're trying to travel and you don't have, you know, daycare and things like that set up, then maybe you cannot travel right now. And that's okay. It's not that you're never going to be able to do it. It's just, maybe this is not the chapter for you right now. And so I just, I urge any parent because mine are older and I can tell you of the times of the things that I did miss in their life. I'll never get that back. I'll never get that back. And so whatever it is that you're trying to pursue, I can promise you it's not worth it. So finding those, that balance, creating non-negotiables of things that you will not do and making sure that you're making those times with your children. Um, then when they do get old enough to make their own dinners and all of that, it's much easier to travel because believe me, my daughters don't even give a crap about me right now. They're preteens and hormonal and only care about their phones and YouTube. So then travel all you want. <laughs> I love that. It's interesting because as somebody who's not a parent, I'm listening to you speak and I'm thinking like, I I can apply that to myself just by knowing I need to set a priority list. Like, I feel like I really love that you say boundaries, but I feel like it's, I feel like I'm hearing you say like it's boundaries and priorities and kind of marrying the two. So thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's something that people don't um, I know I talk a lot about unpopular opinions, but I feel like that what you just said kind of is an unpopular opinion. And a lot of people kind of don't want to recognize that like, yes, we can do it all, but should we do it all? And how can we quote unquote do it all? I feel like we need to do our, pri- we need to do things in list of priority order. I really, I love that perspective on it. Okay. So I loved question one's answer. Uh, no pressure, only a couple more questions. So now you have to be just as awesome. I'm just kidding. So the second question, we got we got so much overlap on this. And I think it's because you've done it so well and you move around so much living that military life. I got asked for basically tips on moving your business. A lot of people said, you know, what's your best advice for starting over and becoming successful in a new market quickly? Because I think the problem when you move from place to place is that a lot of times it becomes overwhelming and people don't know where to start, let alone how to hit like that success level that they may have been at in their previous location. So can you kind of speak to that a little bit? I can now understand that there is no guide. Like if I could create a guide, maybe I can on moving your business, but you know, it's not a like one shoe fits all. So I've moved my business. Um, I'm prepping for my fourth move. And by the time I move, it'll be five and a half years in business. So it, it is a struggle. So I guess the first tip that I'm going to give to anybody that is moving is, you know, obviously one knowing where you're moving is you have to do your market research. Um, a lot of times when you are in one location, you know, everything, you know, your city, you know, the vendors, you know, all that, like the back of your hand. And then when you move, you're almost up and, and don't get mad at me, but you, you're a little lazy. You're like, Oh, I've been in this industry for so long. Like, I don't, what do I need to do? People should just know that I am moving to another location. And they're going to book me. And that's it because my name, my brand or anything like that. 
And that is just not the case. <laughs> and so you, first off, you can't be lazy when it comes time to move. You're going to have to hit the ground running. And I found that the best way and the best tips were kind of taking it back to what we don't do anymore about literally hitting the ground running. And so to give you guys an example, when I moved here to Hawaii, I took one month off of not working or anything. And I literally went to hotels, met with vendors, took them out to coffee, made my rounds, did tours on my feet doing it, not emailing because they don't know me. I actually scheduled appointments and went and did that. So hitting the ground running like that was a big success for me here in Hawaii. And so you want to do your market research. What you what your price at at one location may not be the same at another location. So you need to do your market research. The first thing that I'm going to say is that ego, whatever ego that you may have, has to go out the window. What I'm charging here in Hawaii may not be the same for my next destination. That's because it's a very different market. And I have to accept that and create my lifestyle you know, around that. The second thing is you want to update and work on that SEO. I mean, SEO, which is search engine optimization, you, you're going to have to take everything back from your website, redoing keywords, all of that. The earlier that you can start this process, the better. I always recommend at least six months if you have it. If you have six months of knowing where you're about to go, you need to start this networking process now. I always say that if you're starting it, when you land in your new location, you're already behind. And so be accepting that there's going to be some overlap and there's going to be some lull in your journey of rebranding and restarting your business. Two, don't be afraid to give away something for free. Now, this is another unpopular opinion. Oh, I've been in it five years. Why am I going to give away a free family session, a free wedding, a free engagement session? Why? Because you don't have content where you're at, your new location. So now I, I'm very particular in what I give away and how I give away. Another unpopular opinion is I never say that it is a random giveaway. I don't because it's not. I don't do random giveaways. If I'm giving something away, my time, if I'm giving away a free wedding, it is going to be at a location that I want to shoot at with a couple that fits my brand. You know, same thing with a family session and an engagement session. So don't be afraid to give away your free, for free, but be very particular in what you give away for free. I can tell you that by giving away a free wedding and a free engagement session when I moved here to Hawaii really opened the doors for my remaining time that I was here. So be particular with that on how you do it. And then again, it's, I keep coming back to grace. It's real. You have to give yourself some grace. You have to understand. And I've done this so many times and I can tell you guys that I, I'm moving to San Diego next year and I'm nervous about it. it the, the fear does not stop with how many times you move your business. Um, I've been extremely successful here in Hawaii. I was voted number one wedding photographer two years, the, the, the two years that I've been here, and I've had incredible success. That's not guaranteed the next location that I go. And I feel like the higher up I get in, in whatever ladder that I'm climbing, the, the fear of failing is, is even higher. There's more eyes on you that the fall is much longer. So I'm afraid of moving too. But I can tell you that because I've known that I was moving to San Diego for about a year, I have out of my own pocket made trips to San Diego beforehand. I've networked and, and, and marketed and gave away sessions out there and booked sessions out there. So I have San Diego content when I go. So if you can make a trip to your new 
uh, destination beforehand. Again, maybe you have to give away a session or, or give away some work. So you have content there that you can come back and blog and post about. That'll be good. So to wrap it kind of all up, you, you have to be willing to do the hard work. That, that means that you might have to fly to your location on your own dime. You might have to give away something on your own dime to get your foot in the door. Because once you get that foot in the door, I always, I always say, I only need just the door to open for me and someone to give me a chance. I will take it the rest of the way. My personality, my brand, my business will take it the rest of the way. But I just need to get a foot in the door. And so be okay with that. Be okay that you might have to give away some things, you know, when you move your business. And again, know that it, it's not... It's not an easy journey and it's just about hustling and, you know, the social media and all that, you know, once you move, you want, even if you have to fake the funk and act like you're busy, then you do that. That's okay. You know, you want your clients to have FOMO. They want to know that, oh, I just landed in a new location and look at me hustling. Do that. It doesn't have to be, you know, that you're creating new content and you have new people in front of your camera or whatever it is that you may do. Create it yourself. I did 12 styled shoots in the first year that I was here in Hawaii, 12, which is an insane number of styled shoots. But I know that our audience is all types of creative entrepreneurs, which means that, you know, be willing again to give away something to, to work for free. But those 12 styled shoots, again, put me on the map here in Hawaii. And I would not, I would, I would do the same thing over if I was moving again. So I know that's a long answer. There may be more kind of breakout questions to that, but honestly, I didn't interrupt you because that was like such a spot on answer. I felt like everything you said was so perfect. I didn't even want to interrupt. And you know me, I don't just like say nice things to say them. No, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was so, so great. Honestly, because that answer to me, I, I mean, I love how you literally there was no BS there. I look, thank you so much for being so open with our listeners and with me, because that's kind of what we're all about here and sharing your unpopular opinions. We talked about working for free on this podcast a few episodes back and you hit the nail on the head there. That's basically kind of what we said was be selective, but there is always a, there's always a place and there's always a need. I love, love that you brought up, check your ego at the door. Like there's no place for that. I feel like in our industry, and by our industry, I mean just kind of like the creative entrepreneurial industry as a whole. There's a lot of entitlement and a lot of people feel like, oh, well, I've done X, Y, and Z, so I'm entitled to whatever it may be. And I, I just, it's very refreshing to hear from someone who is killing it and who has been voted, you know, number one wedding photographer two years in a row in a really amazing location, like, Hey, you're not entitled to anything. There's no guarantee that you're going to kill it. You've got to put in the work. Basically what I hear when I, from your full answer was, what are your tips on moving your business? And your tip is put in the work and don't be lazy like times a hundred. So that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing that. I like literally can't even think of follow-up questions because it was that spot on. That was a really bomb answer. So with that being said, I one day we're going to have you back and we're just going to talk about that because I feel like you have, I feel like you have even more to share, but I do want to squeeze in one more. This will probably be shorter because we kind of have talked about this when the two of us have talked about this before, but a lot of people ask, how do you grow your social media following? And you and I have a lot of overlapping opinions on this, but I think it would be um, worth coming from someone who has a pretty large following on Instagram. How did you grow your social media following? How did you get so many Instagram followers? 
followers. These were all questions that were brought into me. One of them said like, how do you break, how do you get that swipe up girl? It was the direct quote, which we all know at this point, if you're listening to the podcast right now, that means you need to have at least 10,000 followers to get the swipe up feature, which us, all of us businesses are like, just let me swipe up as though that's going to magically change our businesses. I don't know. So maybe you can speak on that. That was my little spoiler of how I really feel, but tell us how you feel about that and how did you grow your social media following? Okay. So are you guys ready for that honest, honest opinion and and my honest thoughts on this? I'm going to give it to you. So I've had my Instagram for five years, obviously, since I've been in business. And in that time, you know, how did my followers grow? To be honest, was the fact that I've had two viral photos that have happened in my business and my my likes, I guess, really took off. I did an amazing session that I gave away uh, with actually Jenna Kutcher. She had reached out to me several months ago about a family who was coming here to Hawaii. And the mom was in her young 30s, three beautiful young children, and was dying of cancer. And so she had came to me reaching out, asking me if I could do this session for this family. She was willing to pay. I didn't want that. I was called to, you know, document this for this family for free, reached out to some local vendors here, hair and makeup, uh, floral crowns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And we were able to capture this family's last memories together. So between that and then having the family and then having Jenna Kutcher share this amazing story on her platform really, you know, kind of took my, took my likes, you know, past the 10,000. And so I, I like to be transparent. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I just, you know, like after like. I mean, that is part of it. And the other part of it was, you know, creating content that went viral. Um, I also had like a greatest showman shoot that kind of like went viral on Instagram. And so that helped. So I like to kind of lay that out to say that I've had viral photos and that helped with that. Now, with that being said, that is not the only reason why it grows. And one of the things that I always state is that you have to be consistent. I get this question a lot. You know, my Instagram isn't growing. You know, why, why this, why that? And then I'll look at someone's Instagram and I'll see that they haven't posted in like six days. Well, that's number one. We're talking about an algorithm that everybody's quote unquote trying to beat, yet they're not posting consistently. So posting consistently is going to be a big key. Now with posting consistently, that depends on what is consistent to you. Is it once a day? Is it twice a day? Whatever it is, it needs to be consistent. I don't have time for that, Vanessa. Yes, you do. Guys, I'm sorry. We do have time. One, there's apps like Planoly and Plan where if you just spend an hour on a Saturday creating content for the week, boom, you're done. Or, you know, again, it, it takes you five minutes to post on Instagram. Yes, you have to find the picture and all that, but being consistent is going to be key. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just post and ghost, guys. That's another thing. (laughs) Why is my Instagram following not growing? Because you are not connecting with other people on Instagram. You are posting and then hoping that people are going to comment on you, but you're not commenting on other people's stuff. So what I do, and it's, it's a little... Um, it might be a little much for people, but when, I, when I'm my most healthiest entrepreneur, which is not all the time, um, I schedule 15 minutes in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Now, this is when I'm taking a walk, I'm cooking dinner, I'm using the bathroom, you know, whatever it may be. And I spend 15 minutes and I just go and I comment. I follow new hashtags. I comment on new hashtags. 15 minutes. That is, And they're not my followers. Some of them are my followers, but I try to you know, connect with people that aren't my followers. 
And so I'm spending, if you add that up, that's 45 minutes a day. And it doesn't have to be that much for you. But if you're, if you're carving out time to just go into Instagram and interact with other people that are not your followers, then they are more inclined to reciprocate that back to you. So if you're just posting and ghosting, that's another reason why your Instagram's not growing because you're not, you're not doing that back to other people. So being consistent and then, you know, using, using your Instagram stories, IGTV, there's so much and paying attention to the analytics of your Instagram was a really big key for me. If you have a business account, you can look at the analytics page on your Instagram. Instagram is telling you on there when to post what your people like to see, you know, again, you have to put that work in. I know for me, Details doesn't work very well for my audience. I don't know why I love to post them, but by the analytics part of it, I can see that it doesn't get a lot of traction. What gets a lot of traction for me is my wide shots. Makes sense because I'm here in Hawaii. So I try to make sure I sprinkle that in as much as possible. And I wouldn't know that unless I saw the analytics that Instagram is providing for me. Instagram tells me when most people are gonna comment on what day, what hour. So being able to utilize those analytics that Instagram gives to you, I find is like really going to be your only way to quote unquote beat the algorithm. And, and guys, I'm sorry. I don't think that there is a way to beat the algorithm, you know, and I, I don't know if we're even allowed to talk about other people, but I just watched this thing that Gary Vee posted about posts on Instagram. Like there is no algorithm, you know, if, if you're consistent, and I think what he was trying to get at is that if you're consistent at Instagram, the algorithm is not going to matter. If you're put, posting the right hashtags, the algorithm is not going to matter. And, and if you are not using Instagram as your only marketing material, Instagram, the algorithm is not going to matter because you're going to have Google and SEO on your blog and Facebook and all these other avenues of marketing that is not just Instagram. Too many times I hear people that I'm like, well, how are you marketing? They're like on Instagram. And I'm like, well, where else? And they don't have another place. And I think we fail to remember that Instagram is not, we don't own it. Instagram can go down tomorrow. And we have seen multiple times throughout this year of Instagram having glitches and things like that. We do not own it. So if Instagram went down tomorrow, would you still be a business? If you can't answer yes to that, then you need to make sure that your, your marketing is outside of Instagram. And then my final thought on it, guys, the follower count does not matter. I have 19,000 followers, 19,000 of them are not booking me. So I don't care what that what that follower count is i know many successful entrepreneurs who have 5000 3000 shoot they're probably making more money than i am you know so the follower count does not matter it matters about what content you're putting out and if we pull back those layers it matters what customer service you're giving there's so many things that matter besides that follower count so i just urge whoever is listening who is really concerned about growing the instagram following one why are you concerned about growing instagram following is it for ego is it for how it looks? You know, are you trying to be an influencer? Um, if that's not the case, then just make sure you're posting and giving good content to your potential clients and to your current followers. And that is going, that's what's going to bring you in clients and, and stuff from Instagram, not your follower account. I totally agree. I think it's really interesting whenever I work with somebody who says like, I really want to grow my following on social media, namely on Instagram. And I ask them like, have you looked at the analytics? And they're like, yeah, but I just really love, like, for example, I just really love posting detail shots. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm like, well, you, I mean, then you're just doing that for you and that's fine, but you're not doing that to grow your audience because you already know it's not going to work. 
So I think that I really love that you brought that up because I think it's so important to not ignore data that is given to us basically freely. And I do think that it's very easy to blame a platform like Instagram that is kind of like the big bad wolf. It's very easy to say like, oh, it's their fault that I'm not growing or, oh, it's their fault. It's the algorithm's fault. And I'm like, that algorithm was probably built by a lot of research and a lot of data on, you know, Instagram or Facebook's part that is just basically taking content that they think an audience wants to see and showing it to that particular audience. So if you're quote unquote failing at an algorithm, to put it bluntly, unpopular opinion wise, like it's probably your fault because you're ignoring the data. So um, a little tough love there from both of us, but I 100% agree that it doesn't mean a ton in the long run. I understand why we all want it. it. It is kind of like a new societal lifestyle, but I do think that it's kind of an overblown issue. And then I would love to just kind of add on to there. I, you know, as you guys know, I speak on mental health and there is a trigger for one of the mental health triggers for creative entrepreneurs. And it has to deal with this whole comparison and this society of us needing these likes. I don't think you guys understand, like, and you can do this research, because I know that we're low on time, so I'm gonna keep it brief. But do you know that being so concerned with the likes and, and things like that literally affects your mental health? And so, again, when we kind of bring that back full circle, this impression that, that we, we are not enough because we don't have enough likes, whatever that is for you, we don't have enough followers, it literally dampens and affects your mental health. You are bringing yourself into the cycle of depression because of your, you know, of how you, this, this internet culture that we're in. And so again, if, if you are one that is so concerned about followers or likes, again, I really ask you to figure out why that is. If you're feeling that you're not enough, because let me tell you, it doesn't matter what follower count you are. If you're struggling with feeling enough, that's not going to matter. You have a hundred, you have a million likes. You're still going to kind of be going through that. And that is really when I say that maybe it's best to take a step back and realize why, or just focus on what you have now. And, and nurture what you have now instead of really focusing on this number because in our current society where we are so consumed with likes and followers, little do we realize research shows that we are affecting our mental health by being so concerned about it. I am not anything that has to do with my number and I really make sure that, because I fall, I fall into that trap of comparison as well and that's when I'll turn Instagram off. Because I am not my number and neither is any one of you guys that are listening. So pay attention to who you guys already have. Focus on that. And again, if you find yourself so consumed with that, pull those layers back and figure out why. Because it, it is a trigger for creative entrepreneurs and their mental health as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for just being so candid and open with all of these questions. I knew that having you on for an Ask Me Anything episode would be really awesome because we have had such open and honest conversations in the past between the two of us that I was just thrilled to be able to share that with anybody who's listening to the podcast. So thank you so, so much. And if you visit the show notes, you can find where to follow along with Vanessa. But speaking of Instagram, can you share, where can our listeners find you? Uh, Instagram, it is Vanessa Hicks Photography. It's pretty simple. Um, make sure you come follow me. Give me a like. I'll like you back, girl. 
or guy, whoever's out there. But yeah, Instagram is my favorite platform. So I am there most of the time. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Vanessa. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Laylee. And I hope to be back soon. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.